Book 8, Chapters 11-14 through 14 of Of the Love of God by St. Francis de Sales Translated by H. L. Sidney Lear This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book 8, The Love of Conformity By Which We Unite Our Will to That of God As Signified to Us by His Commandments, Counsels, and Inspirations chapter eleven the union of our will with that of god when he inspires us to extraordinary acts of virtue perseverance in vocation a first test of inspiration there is a certain series of inspirations which chiefly tends to extraordinary perfection in the discharge of ordinary christian duties charity towards the sick is an ordinary practice among real christians but it was fulfilled after an extraordinary manner by the great self-devotion of st francis and st catherine of siena or by the royal st louis who is described to us by a certain abbey of citeaux as kneeling bareheaded before a poor sufferer whose terrible cancerous wounds he was reverently dressing so was it an extraordinary devotion which led the same monarch to wait upon the poor he fed and afterwards himself to eat their leavings when st jerome received the pilgrims who fled from the goths in his hospital at bethlehem he was not content merely to wash their feet but he washed and groomed their camels also st francis carried evangelic poverty to the highest perfection and no less the grace of simplicity thus we read of his buying a lamb that was to be slaughtered because it was a type of our lord he reverenced all creation remembering the hand which framed all things and might be seen lifting up worms from off the road and placing them in safety because the lord had likened himself to a worm he was wont to call all living creatures his brothers and sisters being the offspring of the same maker with himself saint alexis a noble roman carried personal abnegation so far as to remain for seventeen years in his father's house unrecognized save as a poor pilgrim but the practice of any such extraordinary matters requires great discretion and judgment nor should they be hastily undertaken lest the enemy of souls turn them into a snare and the soul should rather lose than gain he is very apt to prompt us to begin some good work which we are not likely to follow up and so be the more readily discouraged and faint-hearted it serves his purpose only too well when men make beginnings so long as they accomplish nothing just as pharaoh of old heeded not how many sons the hebrew women brought to the birth provided they did not live so it is with men's good resolutions in his eyes whereas saint jerome tells us the best beginnings are unimportant unless they are brought to a good end food does not nourish if a man takes more than his digestion can assimilate 
the deceits of satan would keep us lingering amid the promises of spring but god's holy spirit teaches us to think of our good beginnings only as a step towards a better end and the ripe fruit of autumn is the true test of spring flowers and their value st thomas says it is inexpedient to make excessive delays and seek various counsels in deciding upon a true vocation but having once decided on good grounds whether in this or any matter having reference to god's service a man should be firm and not suffer himself to be unsettled by any seemingly better suggestion because to quote st bernard the devil often tries to divert men from one good deed under pretext of somewhat better until he succeeds in hindering them from any steadfast persistent work st anselm compares the soul which is fickle in its pursuit of good to an oft-transplanted shrub which takes no root and bears no fruit the sacred living creatures described by the prophet ezekiel went every one straight forward whither the spirit was to go they went and they turned not when they went ezekiel chapter one verse twelve so we must needs go whither god's holy spirit sends us turning neither backward nor aside but going straight on as he appoints let him who is on the right road keep to it men are too apt to leave what is good to seek what is better whereby they often lose one without finding the other better a small but certain possession than great expectations of what may never be that is a suspicious inspiration which moves a man to peril an unquestionable good for a possible something better we read of a young portuguese who was making great progress in spiritual things as also in preaching under st philip neri in the oratory at rome until he fancied himself inspired to leave that society for the dominican order st philip assisting at his reception wept sorely and being questioned as to the reason answered i weep to see so many virtues thrown away and indeed this youth who had been so devout a member of the congregation fell away and was the cause of serious scandal to the order he had joined when the plover sees a sportsman approach her nest she hovers before him making believe to be lame or wounded then taking flight she will drop as though exhausted in order to lure her enemy to follow her and so distract his attention from her nest until having beguiled him afar off she takes to the wing and escapes just so when satan sees any one using god's inspirations and seeking to lead a devout and holy life he tries to tempt him hither and thither in pursuit of this or that supposed advantage until at length he succeeds altogether in diverting him from the attainment of perfection a young hound will continually follow some fresh scent 
but old dogs which know their business are never misled steadily following on their original track let it be the aim of every one having found what is god's will as to his vocation to persevere steadfastly therein as in those duties and practices which are most conformable to it seeking to be discreet as well as zealous in pursuit of perfection chapter twelve the union of our will with that of god when he inspires us to do what seems contrary to his ordinary laws peace and quiet a second test of inspiration such inspirations as the above are extraordinary only inasmuch as they incite men to seek a more than ordinary fervor and perfection in the performance of common duties there is another class of inspirations which not only urge the soul beyond ordinary limits but which incite it to deeds which are intrinsically opposed to the church's laws and which are more subjects for marvel than for imitation such is the tale we read of eusebia who left her native rome disguised in male attire only resuming her proper dress later on when the bishop of melassa took her under his guidance until after a while she founded a monastery and died at length in the odor of sanctity although her first steps seem inconsistent with christian modesty again we read of a certain youth who having kicked his mother was smitten with overwhelming repentance and coming to saint antony of padua with his grief the saint said meaning to express his strong sense of the crime that the offending member deserved to be cut off whereupon the youth went home and acting on the words cut off his foot we should be tempted to count this as a temptation but for the miracle by which saint antony healed the foot again saint paul the first hermit saint antony saint mary of egypt and others surely did not bury their youth in the wilderness far from sacraments and outward help without powerful inspiration who could approve a life so impossible to any one unassisted by heavenly inspiration as that led by st simeon stylites or the conduct of st john the silent who forsook his diocese and concealed himself in a solitude or st paulinus who sold himself to redeem a widow's son a thing he had no right to do belonging as he did to his church and people in virtue of his episcopal consecration or again certain women who in times of persecution disfigured their faces to defend their honor were they not committing an unlawful deed now one of the surest tests of the truth of any extraordinary inspiration is whether the heart receiving it be calm and peaceful for god's spirit is ever soft and gentle albeit vigorous it may come like a mighty rushing wind but it does not overwhelm or terrify and the fear which came upon the apostles 
was followed by great peace when the cloven tongues of fire sat on the head of each of them our dear lord is called the prince of peace and the bride of the canticles a sulamite that is the daughter of peace for the voice of her bridegroom which was the voice of god's spirit neither troubled nor dismayed her her soul melted within her but with sweetness not with terror and even amid the company of two armies she was at rest abraham isaac and jacob who were inspired of god beyond most men were peaceful and quiet in their lives moses was the meekest of men david was noted for his gentleness but on the other hand the evil spirit is restless turbulent aggressive and they who are led by his infernal instigations may generally be recognized by their proud perverse unquiet ways upsetting all order under a pretense of zeal criticizing offending everybody intolerant of all save their own self-love which they disguise beneath the name of jealousy for god's honor chapter thirteen obedience to the church and to those set over us the third test of inspiration humility is the inseparable adjunct of peace and gentleness but there is a spurious humility consisting in words gestures and outward obeisance which easily exists where there is no interior consciousness of abjection and no reverence for others all this is mere trifling a mere phantom of humility but on the other hand there is a generous practical humility which makes a man docile and ready to receive advice or admonition when saint simeon stylites was a novice at toledo he was so self-willed in his voluntary asceticism that he was dismissed the monastery but he conquered this and became so spiritually submissive that when the hermits from the desert of antioch sent to inquire wherefore he had chosen to follow a manner of life so unheard of on his column bidding him come down and live like other men he yielded and was about to descend whereupon the pious hermits resolved that such ready obedience was a token of god's inspiration and they bade him forbear and abide on his column for he was surely fulfilling god's will thereby and indeed he received grace to persevere in that wondrous life for thirty years whatever is done in an obedient spirit is trustworthy whatever sets that at defiance is suspicious the heart which is inspired of god will first and foremost be inspired to obey of which saint paul is a remarkable instance for was not the chief feature in god's message to him a command to go to the city and learn from ananias what he should do ananias being as saint dorotheus has said the bishop of damascus 
be sure that any man who professes to be inspired yet refuses submission to his rightful superiors is an impostor all divinely inspired prophets and preachers have been faithful to the church's teaching conforming to her doctrine and diligent in affirming that the priest's lips should keep knowledge and they should seek the law at his mouth malachi chapter two verse seven and thus all irregular self-reliant inspirations can but be traced as illusory there is no other way whereby moses and the prophets can agree st francis st dominic and others were raised up for the service of souls by god's extraordinary inspiration but none were ever more dutiful sons of the church in short the three surest tests of true inspiration are perseverance as opposed to levity calm and quietness as opposed to restlessness and humble obedience as opposed to self-will and obstinacy in the world of nature we find many flowers which turn round with the sun as it runs its course but the sunflower specially so called moves not its corolla only but the whole plant even so all god's elect turn their hearts in obedience to his will as signified by his commandments but those souls which are specially filled with divine love are not content with mere obedience but by total union of all their affections of their whole being they follow the sun of righteousness throughout his course keenly alive to every counsel or inspiration without any exception so that they may truly say with the psalmist thou hast holden me by my right hand thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and after that receive me with glory psalm seventy three verses twenty two and twenty three and again i was as it were a beast before thee psalm seventy three verse twenty one for as a well-trained horse is guided turned hither and thither with the lightest touch of his rider so the loving soul is absolutely led by the hand of god sensitive to his every movement and will chapter fourteen how to recognize the will of god st basil says that where god's will is absolute it is made clearly known to us by his commands or precepts which leave us no alternative but there are other matters in which we are left free to choose our own course always bearing in mind that all things lawful are not always expedient and that the assistance of a wise spiritual guide is often necessary to help us in deciding our course meanwhile beware of one harassing temptation with which satan often hinders souls which are earnestly set upon doing everything to the utmost in accordance with god's will this is the raising of scruples as to whether a man had better do one thing rather than another in some trifle 
whether he shall join some social gathering or not whether he shall observe certain days rather than others indulge in some innocent amusement or the like and while he is fidgeting and fretting over his scruples as to what is best he loses the opportunity of doing some unquestionable good deed which would be more to god's glory than all this weighing of scruples men do not weigh the current small coin it would take too much time to be perpetually testing our pence and farthings nor in the spiritual life have we time to be for ever debating and comparing the merit of every trifle indeed such scruples are apt to become simply superstitious and that is no faithful service which wastes half its time in resolving what to do instead of doing what is requisite the consideration given to any work should be measured by its importance there is no need to make as weighty preparations for a day's journey as for a long voyage when it is a question of choosing a vocation of coming to some important decision undertaking some lasting responsibility or some vast expenditure of a change of abode of the permanent association with others or the like we must indeed bestow serious consideration to ascertain what is god's will in the matter but in ordinary daily life where the alternative is comparatively indifferent there is no need to be full of restless scruples and consultations why should i make myself anxious as to whether one set of devotions will be more acceptable to god than another when there is really no very great difference between them or whether i had better go to church or visit a hospital or go to one service rather than another there is nothing worthy of scruple in such matters as these and it is best to be simple and straightforward about them doing whatever seems best without worrying ourselves losing time and incurring the danger always attending on scruples of course this only applies to things which are really indifferent and where there is not more duty on one side than the other even in matters of greater weight we need to be humble and mistrustful of self not thinking to discover god's will by our own cleverness or quickness of perception after seeking light from the holy spirit and diligently employing our own faculties to know god's will and after consulting our spiritual guide or others if need be it is best to decide on our course as in god's sight and then not to look back or admit doubts as to our decision but to persevere steadily quietly and trustfully even if difficulties and temptations which are common to all beginnings should lead us to question the wisdom of our choice it is best to be firm and not dwell upon the doubt but to bear in mind that had we decided differently we might have been still worse off 
not to say that it may be god's will to try us by consolation or tribulation by peace or by war once having taken a resolution on right grounds never look back if the principle was right so will the work be and any other course is merely an indication of self-will or folly end of book eight chapter fourteen